anytime you do uh, these Yeti mics, right, you kind of have to position yourself and make sure the sound quality is good. So and that is so helpful. Oh my gosh. How long have I been doing my podcast? No one told me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Not Typical Psychotherapist podcast. I know that we we're looking for uh, we're, we're we're trying to figure out the technicality on your uh, on your microphone there, but uh, I think we're good to go, right? Yes, thank you for having me. So my name's Don Gabriel, and I am a group practice owner, a consultant, and a retreat host, yeah. and a podcaster. Yes, exactly. I I you know you do multiple facets, but we yeah. wanted to get on to talk about soul care because I know that's your thing right there. So explain to us what soul care means and why is it so important in our community? Well, I think soul care, when I usually ask people what they think it means, they usually get it on some level that it's deeper than self-care. It it kind of goes into the holistic view of someone. Um, I like to take it even a step further and saying the soul care is more of a spiritual way to look mm-hmm. at things. It's not so much um, something we're doing. It's more of entering into the spiritual realm and offering um, offering things and practices to do to help us engage with God, um, with the divine and that spiritual side. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, and it's so forgotten in the world of mental health. I believe there's this idea of getting in touch with a divine, you know, and that's something that is needed because many of our practices really involve, especially if you're a gr- if you're a grief therapist, you're stepping in and out of the spirituality piece, right? And it's it's not talked about much in our community. You think? I agree. I think at first I didn't want to talk about it, but then I realized it was so important for me personally and what I saw with my clients as well as with my team. And then as I started talking about it, then I noticed, wow, a lot of people have, they do want to talk about it. They have a spiritual side. They just aren't sure how to talk about it, how to engage um, because we're so clinical and sometimes it's so hard to define what spirituality is to one person versus another. And so we kind of just stay in our lane rather than saying, no, let's jump in and engage this. It's huge. Yeah. You know, it, it's that's one thing that I have a problem with the mental health community is because there's some topics to stay away from because it causes a lot of angst or uncomfortability because of what they perceive of the background is. And let's go, let's go into that direction. You know, there's some people when you when you say Christian uh, Christianity or Catholicism, negativity comes up in their, you know, it's 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 a negative connotation. Why, if we are a community of tolerance, why not include other people's spirituality in there? I'm going to go after that, and yeah. you know, I think there is a problem. And and don't get me on a soapbox here. Soapbox here. I think there's a problem with the mental health community that preaches one area and then negate the other piece of the holistic of another uh, person's spiritual growth or spiritual uh, uh, process, right? Yeah. And I think I remember spending so much time before I went live with everything, trying to figure out how I could say it so I could be inclusive to everyone's spirituality and everyone's faith but also being true to my own. And I I think the reason people get so upset about it is because there has been a lot of religious abuse and spiritual abuse in their background or 
they perceive that in others. And we also have to talk about that too. And so I'm comfortable talking about all of it, but we can't just throw out spirituality because there has been religious abuse. Uh, we have to keep talking about it and and figure out what it means to that person and just hold space, honestly. Yeah, you're right. I think generalizing Christianity and Catholicism on the area of evil and abuse, and it's I don't think that's appropriate, right? And unfortunately, many people have this cognitive dissonance on on religious uh, um, journey of an individual. I know for me that if you, in my culture, if you pathologize spirituality as uh, um, a patho pathological issue or um, something of a diagnosis, you are not conform. You are you are not respecting the cultural piece of my faith, right? So I think there's a lot of ignorance going around in the mental health community. And and for those of you who are listening and feeling uncomfortable with this, this has been such a huge deal for me because in my practice and in my own journey, I include God. I include speaking to my ancestors in my dreams and spiritual areas. Um, my whole process as an entrepreneur has its roots in spirituality as well, too, from generations and generations. And for those of you who are inclusive, why not include other people's faith in this and say the word Christianity and Catholicism? We are not evil people. For those of you who are, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, Don. I'm, I'm no, I love it. Me. No, I love it. I feel the same way. I mean, because I've come from some religious abuse in the in the past, and um, but yet when I connect with God, and I would view myself as a Christian, not conservative by any means, but I that's my religion. But it's so much more than that. It's a relationship. It's mm -hmm. deep soul connection and it has nothing to do with anyone else right. no no church no religion really it's me and god and so that's why it's been life-changing for me so it's hard like how can you not talk about that and i and like the inclusive space needs to be inclusive and curious <laughs> and open <laughs> yeah you know and, and generalizing is i mean no one wants to be generalized but for some reason catholics and christians are generalized you know, in the yeah. mental health and, and in the mental health community. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to get some emails with this or some text messages from people going, wow, here you are. But you guys have seen my journey in Italy where I'm open about my Catholic faith and going to mass at the Vatican. You know, that's my journey. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't take that away from you. It's, it's so important. Mm -hmm, absolutely. So, from your perspective, soul care. I know that you do retreats on soul care. What's the goal for the soul care retreats that you 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 hold? So I specifically focus on therapists um, because I think it's so important for us to get out of that clinical space and to hold sacred space for one another. And I help people usher into the presence of God in those spaces and mm -hmm. help them connect on what I think is a true renewal, true grounding, and kind of get back to their deep roots. Uh, of course, it's for people who believe in God mm -hmm. and who want to engage that spirituality. I'm not going to have someone come who doesn't believe that. But for those people who believe it, it is deeply refreshing um, 
and I think it prevent, helps prevent burnout. It helps reset. It helps. I've seen creativity blossom at right. these retreats because they literally can completely slow down and engage in the spiritual realm. Right. And, you know, I think hardships in your business, hardships in your personal life and professional life, when you engage with your spirituality piece, it's, it's easier to, to, um, to take on that burden, right? I know in the Christian faith, it's uh, uh, suffering is a badge of honor, not pain, but suffering is a badge of honor because suffering uh, really develops character. And I think when we go through hardships in our business and our personal life, it does sharpens the soul. It does sharpen your creativity piece. I know that for a fact as an as yeah. experience. Yeah. It reminds me of, um, I don't know if you've heard the quote from C.S. Lewis. I don't, I'm not going to be able to say it exactly, but he's talking about the shadow lands. We were created for eternity. And so we're, but we're living in this life here with pain and it's a shadow land of what we're created for. So we are going to have dissonance. We are going to have pain. And, and sometimes we need to enter in and feel that spiritual place. And um, yeah, it's like, he also says it's God's megaphone into our life sometimes is pain. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. I know that I've been, you know, many of us are not immune to to pain and suffering, right? And I do truly believe that it 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 humbles one. You get closer to someone when you're at that place because arrogance is basically the absence of spirituality, right? But when mm. you're closer to your soul um, and your own process, you're you find meaning and purpose into the grief and to the pain, don't you think? Yeah, for me, yeah, I think you and I have a similar story with our mom's passing away. It kind of catapulted us into our entrepreneurship life, obviously different in different ways, but I had to kind of sit with that and do that grieving to realize what I really wanted out of life. And it, it did become more purposeful, but I had to engage in all of it, the spirituality, the grief, the loss, the pain. Um, yeah, to me, it helps make sense of it. Uh, not that God wants us to go through pain, but he He does allow it and he's there with us no matter what. And so I think um, there's actually research, I don't know if you've heard of this, but uh, neurotheology, there's research that shows if you spend 12 minutes a day focusing on a loving God, it has to be loving. So you definitely have to redo some if, you, if people don't believe that, but you focus 12 minutes a day on a loving God, it changes your brain Ooh. into more positive, more um, healthy. It, it's neurotheology. So mixing our belief about God with our brain science. Wow. I love that. I'm actually going to be, well, you know, my, my morning routine is obviously going to Starbucks in the morning at 5 a.m. in the morning. Yes, that's what I do. 5 a.m. in the morning. And when I was in Hawaii, I would wake up three o'clock in the morning, wait till five o'clock in the morning to go to Starbucks. I t it's just a whole new story. My structure throughout the day in the morning is five o'clock in the morning. I have my Starbucks peppermint mocha, and then I go into prayer uh, and Bible study. And that's just how I position my mind. But I had no idea that there was brain science towards uh, with that. Look up neurotheology. I can't remember the guy's name. I think it's Andrew something, but he did a huge uh, study and book on it. Mm, I love that. See, there, it, this shows how important soul care is. No matter where you are on the spectrum of Christianity, spectrum of Catholicism, 
no matter what, uh, our connection to God is the most important. What, whatever your political beliefs are, your your current family values, or whatever it is, the main thing is your relationship with God. The main thing is your connection with God in that sense, yes? I agree. It takes you out of yourself. It takes you out of wherever you're at, and it connects you with something bigger and deeper and something, yeah, it's that whole spiritual realm. It To me, yeah, it's foundational. And I think people who have experienced God on a personal and loving way would agree um, where, again, it's not about a certain religion. It's about your relationship with God. And I think that's so powerful. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think many folks who are who feel a disdain with with Catholicism or Christian belief looks at the foundation of the church instead of the one who <laughs> the spirit behind the church right yeah. so i think that's that's the problem with the perception yeah. here and um i heard a conversation once and, and i didn't get get into it because it just goes into a whole realm and i could tell that that person was already locked into a really hateful god but you know why would a loving god um, allow suffering kind of thing. That's the question, and that's the existent, existential question. Yeah. And I'm glad that there's a conversation towards it, no matter how hurt or how locked in they, they were. There was that really beautiful connection between one who believes and the one who was feeling this resentment and ask, posing this question. And that's a gracious question that we have to answer ourselves too as Christians, as believers, right? Absolutely. I. I think it's pivotal to your faith to question and mm -hmm. to ask those hard questions and to doubt. I, I don't think God is afraid of that. I think he welcomes that because is it really truly your faith if you haven't questioned it and doubted and figured it out for yourself? Like I, and, and it's not just once I can remember multiple times in my life where I've had to question things. And, and that's just part of my relationship with God is right. sometimes I'm mad. A lot of times I'm mad. <laughs> And sitting with clients. I love when a client asks those questions. I love just sitting there with them. And I love when therapists ask it. Actually, in my consulting business, I infuse in the spiritual realm too. And I let them ask that because when we sit with so much trauma from what we're hearing, let alone our own trauma, mm -hmm. these questions are going to come up and it has to be safe to talk about. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, we, 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 um, ourselves, part of the soul care is experiencing all levels, all spectrum of the emotional aspect, right? Yes, God says in the Bible to trust him, but I can tell you right now, there are moments in my life when I'm questioning that to the fullest and I get desperate, I get ashamed, I get resentful because it's easier said than done, right? When he says, when God says, trust me, yeah, right. Like what, why I'm human. Like, are you serious right now? I get to that. I get to that mode. Uh, yes, absolutely. I, I think there's even a verse in the Bible. I think it's Paul who's saying, Lord, help me believe when I don't believe. Okay. I think it's the same with trust. Help me to trust when I don't trust. Like okay. it, it's living in both worlds, like the eternal and the here and now on earth. And it's, it's like flesh and spirit. It's both. We live in that tension, I think, yeah. daily because we're human. Exactly. It's not, I like that. I like that. It's not either or, right? It's not either or. Just because you're Christian, you're not free and clear of all of the, the bad, the experience, right? But it's and, and. Yep. 
right? Absolutely. It's, it's and it's not either or, it's and. If we are, if ment- the mental health community is easy to say, and you can experience that at the same time, why not say, and you still can feel un- not trusting of God, but you still can love God at the same time? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's like it becomes a choice and a practice rather than 100% I trust. It's more like, oh, I don't trust right now, but I'm going to try. Yeah, yeah. You know, these these are conversations that's hard to have with many folks that you mentioned, uh, religious trauma. So let's say someone, uh, is, you're coaching, and religious trauma does come up. Um, they've had a pastor... They've had someone in uh, who's spiritual who made them feel less than and it, abuse. Where do you go from there? With coaching, it depends on where they're at on that, like resolving the trauma or healing from it. Um, so let's say they've done some work on it. I often do some exercises around spiritual meditation where mm. I help set up an experience where they can go in kind of similar to resourcing with EMDR. When I did EMDR as a therapist, um, I remember doing this with clients. If they were believers, I would ask if they wanted me to integrate God into the resourcing Mm -hmm. and the bilateral stimulation part. And so I would, I used, when I first started, I was terrified because I would say, okay, I want you to invite Jesus or God into, or however they acknowledged the name they called God into this next bilateral and go with that. And then I would sit back and I was amazed. Mm -hmm. It was all of a sudden we were in a different realm, different than EMDR. It was definitely spiritual and God showed up and he was able to make sense of their trauma in that moment. And Mm -hmm. so if I was working with a coaching client, it would be a little bit similar. I would just definitely hold space for whatever they need to share and just spend some time asking, like, where was God during that trauma? Right. Where, where is he now? It, but I would do more imaginative prayer, imaginative meditation to see where he is. I think that's really important to to get people engaged in the metaphysics, right? So that mm-hmm. it really shows, and the body responds to that, right? We've we've known that people who are spiritual, their bodies or somatic reactions respond to many, uh, even heals. Yeah. So there's a lot of science behind the soul care piece. And I do truly believe that if we continue to discuss it some more, talk about it a little bit more, um, it's not going to be the boogeyman, right? And it's really important. You know, I think it's so important. It's pivotal. I mean, I myself was, I did EMDR for my own trauma and the spiritual piece of that helped me more than anything else get through it. And, and yeah, I just want to answer this because it was part of, um, when I have people imagine God in their trauma and their space, it's oftentimes Ernesto, I think a hundred percent of the time it's, he's holding them. Mm. They picture him holding them or weeping with them. Mm. And it's beautiful. Like I have goosebumps, just just even holding space and thinking of the clients that I've sat with through their own trauma. Uh, They realize that God didn't make it happen or want it to happen, that he was loving and he was just holding them and weeping. I know for for my experience, you know, I'm mindful every single day, every moment where, you know, I hang on to a spirit 
that is holding me, right? Because life is tough at the moment. And we know that, um, you know, on the conscious level, if we just look at the, what's happening around us and not being aware of the spiritual piece, that there is a, a intelligent being standing next to us, behind us, in front of us, next to us, whatever. Um, it's it's really comforting because there are some moments in my own journey when you real I realize that wow I don't feel alone right now I can't really explain it and sometimes there's uh, someone would say something or I would I would see something and it's a reminder sometimes I wish God would be like hey I'm here tangibly boom in my face right <laughs> yeah but he doesn't allow that at times. I think he just wants me to be more mindful of the minute in the moment details instead of him being in my face and a megaphone in my face and like really making sure that I know. But I think God works in the small spaces as well too, the silent spaces. Oh, I love that. And because I think so much we are, at least my personality, I'm so busy and hustling and type A that I don't slow down to hear him or notice. And that's part of my own soul care is learning to slow down to notice that he's everywhere or mm -hmm. that there's spirituality in everything. It's not just viewing spirituality as I'm going to go over here and do it. It's how can we view life as spiritual and interconnected? And that's when your eyes open up. And that's been my biggest challenge is to sit with that, knowing the interconnection of, like you said, the little spaces. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where I, I I dwell on and it forces me to really be there. And I know for me that looking back at all the things that I'm going through at the moment, I know that there's a purpose for it. And that's another thing about soul care, right? You see a higher purpose with what's going on, not only in your professional life, but also in your personal life. You put meaning to it and it's easier to comprehend that when you see it from a bigger perspective. Absolutely. Yeah, just knowing that I don't understand the purpose right now, especially when you're in the midst of a trauma, but I know there's something out there. I'm going to hold on to that, but even if I don't feel it or understand it right now. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about how to get a hold of you and sure. you know your, your retreats, because it's really, really interesting. I love that you have retreats on soul care. Yeah. So I am on Instagram and Facebook at soul care for therapists, or even just my name, Don Gabriel. And I have retreats right now. I'm doing them in Colorado, in the mountains of Colorado. Beautiful. My next, I know it's in that alone, just the setting of a retreat is so mm -hmm. important. And the beauty of the mountains just soothes my soul right away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so people can just reach out to me. I also have a website. I'm in the middle of transitioning my website. So right now it's still called faithfringes.com. Um, but I have all my info on there. My next retreat is in September. And so um, I also do some community groups that just focus on learning practices of spirituality mixed with consulting. So they can get all that on my website or just reach out to me. That's beautiful. So um, I will have all of your information in the show notes. Please reach out for those of you who are listening who really want to get want to engage their spiritual side and their soul care. I, I would highly, highly recommend it because it, it's something that's like I said, we talked about earlier. It's not talked about and it should be. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, Don, thank you so much for being on and thank you for all you do for the community. And um, yeah, hopefully one of these days I'll be attending one of your retreats. That would be amazing. I would love it. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ernesto.